Good morning. It's nice to see you all and to be back here at the downtown Presbyterian Church. I feel right at home seeing so many familiar faces. And I bring you the greetings of Yonhus Presbyterian Church and Neighborhood House on East 74th Street and 1st Avenue in the city of New York. They are with us this morning in worship as we are with them. So thank you again for being here and for inviting me here today. This reading about Emmaus, it's a story unto itself, I think. I think Emmaus is a word that we could just simply use to replace the word path, road, thoroughfare. It is unto itself something deep for us to consider. And it always brings me to the truth for me that no matter what our journey may be, regardless of where our paths may take us, that Jesus always walks with us. Or as I like to say, Jesus and more. Because our understanding of Jesus, God and Spirit, is always so limited. There is so much more beyond anything that we understand that the God that we know by so many names is so great and beyond our ability to grasp that I always think of God as more. Every step we take within this great mystery of who and what God is and the enormous love and power that is God beyond anything we can touch, I think that Jesus understood perhaps better than anyone ever has. And I've been thinking about this passage all week. Actually, I think about it often. It comes to mind frequently. It is one of those in the scriptures that is just sort of natural to give thought to. And as I was driving up here from the city, I kept thinking about how often I forget, in fact, that Jesus is walking, standing alongside of me. And so I decided on this drive, I would test it out to see how much I could remember that Jesus was walking alongside of me. So I'm going to leave a little room here because it's part of the test. Um, So I'm driving along and I say, okay, is Jesus driving alongside of me? Is he sitting here in this passenger seat? And I thought, if he is, I should give him the steering wheel because he knows the way better than I do. But I said, okay, yeah, he's sitting right here. He is. And then I thought, well, is he out there? Is he on every road along every farm and every village I see as I drive along across the fields? And I thought, yes. Is he part of every city and town I pass, every thoroughfare and every alley? Is he there? And of course, yes. And then I thought, is he in those rooms, the ones I know sometimes during those nights when sleep is elusive? Is he nearby every hour when loved ones are near or far or perhaps only memories remain? And I thought, yes, he is there. He is there, he is here, he is the more than we know in every way we can imagine and more. 
And sometimes the very best I can do is to remember that. Remember that this is what I believe. To remember that. And it's funny to me, it seems like, well, you know, if you believe something like that, that is so strong and so powerful, like it should always be there. How, how could it possibly slip away? And yet I get distracted. Things creep in. I get busy. I forget. The moment overtakes me. And then something happens that makes me remember, oh yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not alone. God is with me. Spirit is with me. Jesus walks with me. Well, you know, it's a long ride here from downstate, so I decided to take it a little further in some of the extra moments I had. And I said, all right. I went from alongside Jesus, sitting with me in the car, to how about the planet Earth? Told you I got a little out there. How about this planet Earth in the universe? Is Jesus God in spirit alongside this planet on its orbit? This journey of the human race through the cosmos. Is Jesus God, spirit, traveling alongside all of this? And of course I said yes. And I was reminded again at the amazing and the humbling greatness of God, this God in which we worship here today and pray and live, the presence of this God that is here and everywhere, inescapably so, in every beat of the heart, every molecule of creation, every neutrino, neutron, or lost hadron particles floating around in a super collider somewhere. There's an excerpt on the front of the bulletin, and it's from a poem that you might know, Footprints. And Footprints talks about how when we go through difficult times, we only sometimes, the poet wrote how, I saw two rows of footprints most of the time, but when things were really difficult, I saw only one set of footprints. And Jesus' response through the poet in the poem is that during those difficult times, the reason you saw one set of footprints was because I was carrying you. It's not that I had left you, but I was carrying you. And I keep wondering, how can we get distracted from such enormity? How can we get distracted from such love? How can I, me, forget those things? But it seems that that's a condition which is not unique to me, for in this morning's story, here is Cleopas and his companion traveling and they seem to have forgot the same thing. They are walking on their way to Emmaus, following the horrific events that just took place in Jerusalem, Jesus' execution by crucifixion. And surely they were just a little bit caught up in their thoughts. And along comes this stranger walking beside them, and these thoughts kept them. I was looking at that word in the scriptures this morning where it said they were kept from recognizing Jesus. And I thought, how distracted can you be? And then I thought, my God, what they had just been through. And the story tells us they went quite a way. They had quite a conversation. 
And it wasn't until Jesus broke bread with them that they knew immediately who he was and they remembered how strangely their hearts had burned when they were in his company. And then he was there in the breaking of the bread. In the words and the actions of the breaking of the bread. And I thought, I wonder if those words and actions from the Last Supper, how many times they had already been told. And if once they saw that breaking of the bread again, it all came back to this in remembrance of me. Oh my God. It was Jesus. And suddenly he was there. And then he was gone. Yet he was still there with them. They remembered. They remembered, I think, what the breaking of the bread was to that community. It was a symbol of coming together every day with others or alone as a time to remember Jesus and his teachings and what he taught them and what they were to do. It made me think that if we remembered these words every time we sat down at a meal, we would barely forget that this Jesus, this God, this Spirit, by whatever names you may know, these names we have for God, was always with us. And nobody needed a reminder that God, that Jesus, that Spirit was with them in those days more than those who had just been what they had been through. And nobody needs a reminder more in these days that this Jesus still walks with us. Do this in remembrance of me. Live in remembrance of me. Love in remembrance of me. Care for others in remembrance of me. Welcome all in remembrance of me. In all you do, remember me. And isn't that where our eyes are always opened? Weren't our eyes open this morning with the kids? And remembering the work the rain has done in this community and with others? Isn't that the time when a neighbor or a family member or a stranger calls out for help that our eyes are opened and we remember what we're called to do? There's a tragedy in our community, near or far, that moves us, that burns in our hearts, or the wonder of birth and the equal mystery of loss and everything in between, we are stirred to remember. We are stirred to remember in whose name we find hope, comfort, love, promise, and the truth. And in a very real way, I stand here very humble because I am with you today because of this congregation and the fact that it remembered you remembered that it was not the way of God who loves us for those who were lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender to be forgotten, excluded, or minimized. So that when events touched you here that brought that to the front, you broke the bread. You remembered. And you brought with the courage, with the remembrance, the courage that always comes when we remember we have something to do. And you called Janie Spar as an evangelist 
to go out and to talk to others. You opened a door to a mission and a grassroots movement that has with others changed this church and reminded others in the way that God walks with us, all of us. Through the downtown Presbyterian Church, Janie and Lisa and a generation of Presbyterians and those they loved and who loved them have not been forgotten or left alone on the paths all have faithfully sought to travel and find in these places of sanctuary and worship which they found and continue to find here. In the work you begin that continues, not only have those who were once excluded become more welcome, and we have also, because of that, entered into a time more into the presence of God where that embrace is widening. And it's not just for one group. When you widen the embrace of God, you widen it for all. And when you block it, you block it for all. From my first meeting with the members of TAMS and the downtown Presbyterian Church in the mid-1990s, I was filled with hope that perhaps I had found a church where I could be welcome as a gay man, unlike the church of my upbringing, who pretty much told me, you better change or you're going to die, and you're going to that hot and stuffy place if you don't fix things. I tell you what, I tried. I really, really, really tried. And in the process, I did more violence to myself than anyone has ever done to me in trying to be other than who it was God created me to be. Messing around with who it is God made you to be is not a good idea. You taught me that. Instead of shunning me and others like me, you lived the words and the call, do this in memory of me. Be who you are in remembrance of who it is God created you to be. And you know what? Something told me you meant it. And I believed it. And from that day, my life has never been the same. And I have been, and I continue to be blessed by you, by Yanhu's Presbyterian Church and others like it, who refuse to accept anything less than a full and radically inclusive welcoming for all. And we know, we know that there are still places in this church, around the country, where people are hurting. And they're hurting because they're confused. We have legislation that changed things. Legislation does not change the heart. They're hurting because some are still hiding. They're hurting because some are torn in their communities and their congregations because they don't know what to do. And they're struggling. They're struggling and trying to become welcoming. And so we continue in this community and others in missions such as RAIN, in the work of TAMPS and others. We remember. We seek remembrance and courage. We embrace that we have come this far to go further. Do this in memory of me. For there is more to do, Jesus might as well have said. And then their eyes and ours were opened. And even more, we heard him say, and don't worry about it. Be not troubled. Because if you've turned your life and your will over to my care, what have you to worry about? 
I who have gone through more and come back to tell you, be not troubled. Do, in remembrance of me, the things I have called you to do. And I think he also says, if in fact you are doing these things, and if I tell you to remember me, there's another piece to that. And the other piece to that is, keep in mind that I remember you as well. And on those days, when you think I'm not there, when you think you only see one set of footprints, know that I'm carrying you on that day. And every day we walk together in the grace and the presence of God and the courage and the remembrance of the things we've been taught. And I am preaching to the choir and how grateful I am to be doing so. Thank you. And amen.